Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I am Neil, our lead questioner of Beer and Bible, the architect, the guy that does all the research. The guy that does everything. I know I say that every episode, but (laughs) you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Let's just reiterate the point. (laughs) And this is Chris, your super high-functioning alcoholic, official Bible reader, farmer, and evil guy. All right, and what are you drinking as our high-functioning alcoholic? Today, I'm back on the other shit. I'm back on my regular Voodoo Rangers, the White Cans, the Juicy Haze IPA. Sooner or later, we're going to get a sponsorship from these guys. We just need to maybe start tagging them in some posts, some New Belgium shit. I think it's New... Yeah, it's New Belgium. So, we need to get me a sponsorship. Oh. That saved me some money. Is it these? Well, I guess we're not a business. We're just a podcast. So I was going to say, these could be deductions or expenses. <laughs> okay so last time we left we have been in what i call the experimental album of jesus so in the book of matthew he has these five sections of teachings we are in the third one and this is where he starts doing a lot of parables and these are sort of allegories or metaphors as he tries to explain his concept of the kingdom of heaven to the crowds that are listening to him mostly his disciples confused people Exactly. And that's exactly how a lot of us feel. In fact, he even calls it out. He even He's like, this is going to be really weird, and some of you just aren't going to get it, okay? And like, <laughs> Jesus like, flat out says it. Like He knows that you're not necessarily going to understand it. And you're and the ones goes, that are going to end up in hell anyway, so I'm not even sweating y'all. Just kidding, he doesn't say that part. <laughs> I, it's kind of there. <laughs> he, he does say, we're, we... Well, hopefully we're going to get into that tonight. We'll see how far we get, but he sort of reiterates a point that could be interpreted that way. (laughs) And so let's go ahead and pick up in uh, chapter 13, verse 43. (laughs) One of the the disciples is like, hey, Jesus, say it louder for the people in the back. And and Simon over here. (laughs) Just a little slower. Just kidding. None of us understand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is pretty funny if he's saying those who understand are are blessed, and then later on the disciples are like, I feel pretty blessed, but... Yeah, I'm totally blessed. Totally blessed. So at least twice we've had him share these parables saying up front that some people will understand, some people won't, and those that understand are lucky and fortunate. And then twice he has had to explain himself to the disciples, showing that maybe they are not... (laughs) As blessed as they might have wanted to be. <laughs> well, he did pick them. He did. And so. something to note in the Greek language, when we say blessed, it could also be joyful or happy. Just, you know, happy are those. Not necessarily some sort of spiritual blessing. I'm not discounting that. But just so you know, as you're listening and you're hearing this, or if you are to look in the text when it says, happy are those who understand. Maybe not necessarily blessed are those who understand. Well, we turn that around even here in the South if you're talking about like interpretations of stuff. Because like if somebody comes up to you and says, "Bless your heart," that means that's essentially the, someone in the South saying, "Fuck you, you're an idiot." Funny story about that. I was in China. I was 21 years old, and I was hanging out with some people from North Carolina, and they brought that up. <laughs> I never knew that. Now I grew up in the South, and suddenly, like my my brain had that moment of flashbacks. It was just like of a all movie the people that have head. ever said it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I never knew that's what it meant." So I've, yeah, sometimes bless I feel like your heart. I feel like I was a West Coast kid dropped in the South <laughs> a lot of times, but 
Anyways, so let's go ahead and we're going to be reading verse 43 that's coming right after he had just explained one of the parables. All right, let's do this. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. There it is. Some poor guy in the back, like, got his ears chewed off by some crows or something. He's like, well, fuck, and just walks away from the crowd. I wonder if one of the disciples leaned over and was like, you did heal everyone that was deaf, right, before you said that? (laughs) You didn't just say that. She's like, yeah, I'm Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I got it. One of the things that happens with Matthew is that the Matthean Jesus, the there are four four gospels that we have that are in the current canonized Bible that the Christian Church uses today, and the Matthew version of him, whenever Jesus does something or says something, he really tries to pair it with verses from the Old Testament. That's sort of his way of writing to a Jewish audience and saying, "See." He's the guy, or see, he agrees, or he matches. That's how he keeps his street cred, man. That's how he says, like, I'm credible. I know my history. I'm talking to you motherfuckers. Listen to me. And what is interesting about this particular verse is that it doesn't match the Masoretic text, which is understood, if you think of it more of the Hebrew text, which reads, this is from Daniel 12.3 that he's quoting here. It says, those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. So it doesn't quite match that. And then we have the Septuagint, and that is the Greek translation that was done or commissioned, I believe was commissioned under Alexander, where he found out about this book, the Hebrew Bible, and he's going, that sounds like a cool book. Could someone do this in Greek? And they did. And so here it says, and the wise shall shine in as the brightness of the heavens and those who overcome by my word as the stars of heavens forever and ever. Notice it's missing the whole text about the my righteousness now there are multiple versions of the septuagint and so there is one it's actually given by the greek letter theta so it's the septuagint theta it says from the many righteous so it actually does include that in there so it's kind of interesting that as matthew is writing this supposing that he might have written it in greek that he uses the septuagint but he's he uses one that doesn't necessarily match the most common version of the septuagint that we have today i bring that up because it's similar to what we've talked about in the past about textual criticism and more of what joey had worked on if you get a chance i recommend going back to episodes 9 and 10 where you can learn a little bit more about the art and science of trying to figure out what is the original text or these matters of when you have multiple copies that don't necessarily agree. Joey and Chris nail this way better than I ever could. <laughs> it's so more please. Joey. I'm just kind of hanging out, getting drunk, which is odd for me, you know, but, but I was there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also we had mentioned the whole having ears and letting them, let them hear. This actually matches chapter 13, verse nine, which is within the same section. So this is the second time within this album that the theme of somebody having ears, let them hear showing up yet again. And we talked about that extensively in an earlier episode. Please check that out. In the meantime, to keep things rolling, let's go ahead and read verse 44. All right. Let me get my handy Bible here. The old borrowed Bible. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Huh. Interesting. 
yet again, we mentioned another field. This is like the third field that Jesus has mentioned. For I'm a actually carpenter, staring he's... at a field out, out of my window right now in my recording studio. It's annoying. It's an, I mean, if I found treasure in it, I'd just sell the house and fucking leave. Speaking of this treasure, obviously this guy is walking around in a field that isn't his. So that's kind of an interesting question. This is a one-verse, like two-sentence parable, and it's probably one of the more interesting ones. Now, is he going to a field that he's not supposed to be in? That's kind of interesting. Or yeah. maybe he's like a, a servant. Obviously, it's not his property. And I love the idea that he was like a, a servant, so he's hired. And usually when you're a servant in that time and culture, you're working to pay off a debt. So here's the way I imagine it, just for a second here, is that he's either poor and working, like just doesn't have his own land, or he was in debt and then indentured himself to this person and was working in the field, finds it, and then he like goes off to somebody else like, hey... Can I get some more money? Like, because I got to buy a field, <laughs> you know? Or I guess in the in the story, I guess he doesn't really tell you whether where he gets the the money. Yeah, Sorry, that's. I guess that kind of no, it doesn't. But I guess that kind of tosses the slave theory out, right? Well, servanthood in that time, or at least in the Jewish canonized idea of it, was more indentured. You were only supposed to do it for a short amount of time. Wow. Uh. So it wasn't a complete continuous enslavement. So I wonder if like, he went out and then borrowed more money or what. But he, anyways, he gets a lot of money and he goes and he buys this field, which is great because now he's got the treasure. He can go back and then return the field or like sell the field to somebody else. I don't know <laughs> I if he's going to... Yeah, I'll got- just snatch that tre- treasure up, man, instead of going through all that work. He's a better man than me. It's funny you say that because one of the things that people point out with the story is that he never lifts the treasure out of the field and mm. then puts it back. He finds it, sees it, and leaves it because in rabbinic literature, if you find something, it's not finders keepers, but once you pick it up, that counts as stealing in the ah, rabbinic literature. Ah, gotcha. So doesn't even, smart. he doesn't leave <clears throat> it just there. stack some rocks on top of it or kick some dirt over it instead. Yeah. Obviously, the owner of it didn't realize that it was there. So some people have speculated that the treasure isn't like a a box of jewels or anything. Not like a pirate. I always think about pirates every time. But it's not like that. <laughs> Instead, it was like a vein of gold or or maybe it was jewels that he found there that were out in the field that weren't. It was like a natural treasure, maybe. Not a national treasure. Nicholas Cage was not there. <laughs> Nicholas Cage like, is everywhere. He is a national treasure. He is. He is. So why would there be treasure out there to be buried with? You know, speaking of, of Nicolas Cage and all that kind of stuff, is that a lot of times people wanted to hide things and that you didn't really have a safety deposit box in your bank. If you hid something in the house, the, the thieves are going to go right to the house. So a lot of people buried things. If you're familiar with the Dead Sea Scrolls, there is a scroll that was found among the caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, kind of off in these cliff caves. And in there, they found a bunch of scrolls. One of them is called the Copper Scroll, and it is a treasure map. Hmm. Imagine a sheet of copper that they inscribed into, then they rolled it up, and over time it corroded. So then the archaeologists took it, then they very carefully cut it into sections of pieces and were able to lay it out and find out that it describes where supposedly this massive amount of of money and jewels and riches are supposedly the estimation is it's going to be somewhere in the trillions of dollars in value, which I think is just hilarious. And again, I want Nicholas cage to go look for the dead sea scroll, (laughs) copper scroll treasure. 
What's the, what's the thing Tom Hanks was looking for in that one movie? Like Jesus' family or something? I thought somebody was like the granddaughter of Jesus. Maybe that that's one. where that treasure map was pointing towards. It's like Jesus' harem or whatever. And his family. <laughs> probably <laughs> not. Pro- 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 probably not. His harem. And fam. <laughs> he was a family man, if he had one. Yeah. Instead, he just hung around with a bunch of dudes all the time. Freaking frat party. That's true. There was always a party. Everyone was wanting to see what Jesus was up to. So, anyways, uh, so that that could be a reason why they had buried the treasure, and it seemed like it was a pattern of that time period. Either way, we don't know who this guy is. We don't know if he's a stranger walking through the field, a servant. We really just don't know anything about this guy, but that he finds it, and then he does this fairly sneaky thing where he... Mm goes ahead and buys the field. Now, you might be wondering, like, well, how is that? You know, there's some ethical dilemma, and some commentators have thought that Jesus' audience would have been like, whoa, that's <laughs> not right. You yeah. can't do that. However, in that's the Mishnah... That's shifty. Very shifty. However, in the Mishnah, Bhava Batra 4.8, just to anybody who wants to Google this, I'm going to read a quote here. He who sells a field has sold the stones which are needed for it, the canes in the vineyard which are needed for it, and the crop which is yet unplucked from the ground, a partition of reeds which covers less than a quarter quab of space on the ground, the watchman's house which is not fastened down with mortar, the carob which was not grafted, and the young sycamores, but he has not sold the stones which are not needed for it, the canes in the vineyard, which are not needed for it, the crop which has already been plucked from the ground, if he had said to him, it and everything which is in it, lo, all of them are sold. So it it's basically saying the things that are not permanent are taken. What you can't do is if somebody goes out and you're going to buy a, a field of wheat and they've already gone through and harvested off the stalks and it's, let's say it's in bushels or it's sitting on the land, you can't be like, I'm going to buy that field and I want the bushel that you've already harvested and put on it. Or, well, I bought this mid-season and you owe me half of what's already been har- harvested because I bought the field. They're like, no, no, no. Like, so they had rules on this. and But there was a, an allowance in that if you wrote the contract, you could say, I'm going to pay you for everything that's in the field. Hmm. So he might have done that. So if he's sticking within rabbinic literature then maybe that's what was going on. Then he really did buy everything, and that was it, and totally fine. There is another different take that some Christians have brought in there, is that Jesus, remember the Matthew and Jesus speaking primarily to the Jewish people, but he is writing to the church. The church, quote-unquote, by 58 to 70 CE, by this point is a mixture of Jewish people and Gentile people. And so he's writing to a Jewish audience who has sort of had to watch this Gentile group of people co-opt or appropriate their religion and change it to something else. A lot of what he's trying to do is just drive us and draw us back towards this idea. But what this might be doing is giving a little hint to the Gentile inclusion that there is the the Torah, the law that the Jewish people live by, is this treasure that's found in the field, and the Gentiles are willing to abandon their previous lifestyle and their own culture and their own religion and they're willing to sell everything they have to get this treasure that is the jewish law hmm. okay. i think that makes sense that that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. i gotcha so 
it's just another interpretation of why this story is done this way. I just want to go ahead and give you guys all the options here. I don't know about yeah. the listeners, but I appreciate it because I've been drinking and every little bit helps. Alcohol or teaching? All of it. Yes. 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 Let's go ahead and read verses 45 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Hmm. Fairly simple idea. He's just saying, again, literally. He sees something of value or he gets his eyes set on something and he throws everything away, everything else away to focus on this one thing. Right. And... This one actually does make a little bit more sense in the ancient context. Now, he doesn't sell his house. He's a merchant, so he's only selling his inventory, which does make it a little bit easier. If you have something that is of that value and you're trying to transport it as a merchant, it does make sense to be able to get one thing that you can keep on yourself. Like, if you've got a warehouse, you're like, I got to pay for storage. I got to put things here. I got to do this. But if you can just take what you would normally sell trade it for one thing that can sit in your pocket for some crypto oh crypto (laughs) i love this you just keep it in your pocket all right everybody we're going to make a new beer and bible cryptocurrency christo currency christ (laughs) oh man i think dare you to steal it is protected by the lord yeah (laughs) and blockchain i'm just imagining (laughs) is there like all of our coins just have six, 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 and you can only buy and sell things using I, our. I was going to say you you get a picture of it. It's actually a goat's head on it. Like, haha, gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, in the Book of Revelation, there is this discussion about how there will be this antichrist, and unless you are have the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell things. So, I know I'm explaining the joke, but what we're talking about right now is making a cryptocurrency in order to become the antichrist. <laughs> Dude, I've went down so many rabbit holes about the 666 thing because people get creative with that shit to say the devil's here. It's like a bunch of people really? that remind me of like people I went to church with. Like they were trying to say the monster energy drink for a while was like the mark of the beast because like the M on the front that looks like three monster slashes. Okay, so the M on the front of the monster can, it looks like three vavs, which is a Hebrew letter. And that is the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Ah. So that would be 666. And in- they, they use the power of the Jews against us in the will of Satan is what all these holy rollers did. <laughs> I really hope they weren't trying to tell us that Satan is Jewish. It's Southern, uh, like... <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so this idea of selling everything you have to get something of great value is also found in rabbinic literature. I thought this was just a really great similar rabbinic parable to what Jesus is saying. Now, this is going to be much later than Jesus. As we've discussed before, there's only one that we can almost definitely say was before Jesus, and then parables became really popular after the time of Jesus. We just don't have anything written around the time of of Jesus. So here it is. I'd like to read this for you. This is a guy's name here. You ready for this name? Joseph, who honors the Sabbath. Ooh, got him. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet name. That's a holy boy right there. Yeah. So Joseph, who honors the Sabbath, which you can understand where he got this name from because, you know, that that was his moniker. Yeah. Had in his vicinity a certain Gentile, a non, that is a non-Jewish person, who owned much property. Soothsayers told him 
Joseph, who honors the Sabbath, will consume your property. So he went and sold all his property and bought a precious stone with proceeds, which he set in his turban. So he's like, oh, crap. Eventually, this Jewish guy, Joseph, who keeps the Sabbath, is going to take my money. So sell everything, put it into one precious stone, hide it away, and keep it on me 100% of the time. Like, there's no way this is going to go badly for me. It wasn't actually stone. It was beer and Bible crypto. Just plug real quick. Anyway, back to what you're saying. (laughs) As he was crossing a bridge, the wind blew it off and cast it into the water, and a fish swallowed it. Mm-mm-mm. Subsequently, it, the fish, was hauled up and brought to market on the Sabbath eves towards sunset. Who will buy now? cried they, being the people trying to sell this you know, this fish that's going to be rotting. And they're like, oh, shoot, because in Judaism, they're basically selling it on Friday afternoon. If they don't sell it, it's going to go bad, and they're going to you know, throw it away, and that's going to be gone. And they have this problem because, like... How are we going to sell this thing before the Sabbath? Once the Sabbath happens, we can't sell. We're not going to be here tomorrow selling it. Yeah. So, you know, a little little worried. And they say, who will buy now? Cried they. Go and take them to Joseph, who honors the Sabbaths, they were told. Because the idea is, like, he would, if he honors the Sabbath, he's going to go ahead and pay more money and spend money to celebrate the Sabbath. That's something else just to remember. In Judaism, you don't work on the Sabbath, but you are supposed to have a good time. So the idea of spending a lot of money... <laughs> Yeah, like partying, drinking, hanging out, relaxing. That is the way to do it. That's probably what Joseph was doing. So they take it to Joseph, who honors the Sabbaths. They were told, as he is accustomed to buy, like this guy's got deep pockets only on Fridays. So they took it to him. He bought it, opened it, found the jewel therein, and sold it for 13 roomfuls of gold denarii. A certain old man met him and said, he who lends to the Sabbath, the Sabbath repays him. He's now Joseph of the rich motherfucker type now. Yeah. So this parable is to tell you, um, let's say, let's say you're, you're ordering pizza on Sabbath. You're like, I don't know if I should get the wings. Like this, this parable is like, get the wings. Get the, get the fucking wings. Hell yeah. Just spend the money. So the idea is that whoever pays God's money. God's going to reward it. you with not pooping your brains out the next morning. Now, it might be a different story if you order the wings on Monday. You will poo-poo your brains out, but... And you'll have a bad time. But if you order on the Sabbath, God is going to protect your bowels with a coating of smoothness of Sabbath. He's going to Sabbath your bowels. Yeah. We are saying this all in the name of Joseph who honors the Sabbaths. (laughs) Imagine there's a lot of other Josephs that are just jealous as shit. There's just regular ass Joseph who doesn't have a nickname. (laughs) There's Joseph the sheep fucker. And then Joseph that honors the Sabbath. He's like, (laughs) yeah, beat you guys. Joseph, whose wife had Jesus. You mean like Jesus' dad? No, no, no. That's Joseph. Joseph that's Joseph the sub. <laughs> Joseph the sub. Oh. All right. So what we see in this <laughs> <All right>. is that. <laughs> so what we see here are both stories end in a successful acquisition of wealth that costs them everything. And so this might be a story, again, if we think about Matthew writing into the 58 to 70 CE, he might be writing to a group of believers, those who believe in Jesus, who are going through a time of tribulation. When I say tribulation, I don't mean anything like fantastic other than like just standard persecution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Standard like shitty days, bad stuff. Yeah, Yeah, you you might have some points where I know in 58 CE, the Romans kicked out all the Jews because they could, and the speculation is that they couldn't tell the difference between the Jews and the Christians. 
<laughs> which is great. Like, like, no, we don't like those guys, but we're not those guys. Well, you'll, you, we can't tell the difference and you need to leave. <laughs> but th- there could be going some current persecution, but to hear this idea that from Jesus, oh, this person that you worship, or at the very least consider a Messiah to tell you, hey, I know things are going to be bad, but it's worth it. Like, this is worth it to go through and, and to make the sacrifices to get this kingdom of heaven that you are pursuing. Let's go ahead and read 47 through 50. Let's do it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Fuck, I hate that verse. I've heard that verse so many times. The gnashing of teeth. That's what I remember. Oh, that did say fish go in the fire, right? Basically, yeah. It's like we're going to fuck you up. Yeah, you toss them away and they're going to gnash their teeth. That is just, it's just a weird story. Okay, so... First of all, fishing. Yes, drag nets. You have a net on one side, you've got floats. On the other side, you got weights. I mean, the way I was raised is the fish you don't want to keep or the quote-unquote bad fish. You just put them back in the water along their merry way. You don't send them to fucking hell to burn for all eternity, <laughs> chew, chomping their their fucking teeth out. And Jesus' little extra them, grinding them around. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense at and all. Their so flesh ripped off and kerosene burned on it and set on fire and then raped by demons and pineapples crappy day to be a fish being pulled out of the i know poor thing Steve Galilee. i wonder if like peter the lucky and, thing uh, about fish is for some reason year for years scientists have been saying that they're something about the nervous system they can't feel pain which i think they're just lying to us because people like fish but it's fish like i could see people lying to us about that and scientists lying about like filet mignon or something where it's like something that's really good it's like yeah these cows can't feel anything let's just chop them up but so maybe fish don't have nervous systems but we do and that fire shit's gonna suck i'm really worried about any sort of mega fish that evolves that doesn't feel pain and you're like i can't stop the mega fish yeah. it won't stop anyways all right that sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a really great b horror movie oh there's been plenty of them I wonder if Peter and Andrew are sitting there listening to Jesus. Like they're going to be throwing the fire, and they're like that's not what we do, Jesus. You, you've been hanging out with us for like two and a half years. You think that you would he would have picked something up? Like he's he's a carpenter. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that's what they did with all the scrap wood. That, look, that would have been a perfect one. When you're running the boards, you're playing in the boards. You have the good boards, and the good boards are made into beautiful things. And then the scraps are tossed into the fiery abyss to heat the home and to keep the family alive as, you know, they burn in infamy. How did you out-parable Jesus? Because I I don't know, man. It's just I know a thing or two about wood, which he does too. I don't know why. Maybe just carpenters were, like, not popular. Maybe he was trying to bring himself down to the people. I don't know. Yeah, he he's like, who's dumb here? Fishermen. And James and Charlie, hey. Like, that would have been a real easy one. Like, yeah, that good straight wood, straight is in, like, linearly straight, like a flat wood, is going to be used for furniture. The weird, shitty, like, warped wood, that's going in the fire, and it's going to burn into the fire and turn to ash and never be used for anything good and just go to the fucking earth. Uh, Done. 
again, very, very simple concept. I don't know why Jesus can't figure out how to parable like you do. <laughs> so this particular one, we're talking about fishermen, the, the fishing process that Jesus apparently doesn't know much about. He, talks well, he is about trying doing... to live as a human. Maybe he didn't know how the whole fish thing worked at that point. They never said he was a fisherman, right? Yeah, no, they never said so, so that's what he's doing. He's just equating everything to wood. And it's like, it's always the bad one goes in the fire. The bad one goes in the fire. All he can think is his dad just burning the shit out of a bunch of wood as he was growing up. Or stepdad. You're not my real dad. Uh, we should be touching on that in just a second once we get through this last <laughs> okay, okay, parable go here. Ahead. I'm not interrupting anymore. <laughs> no, so, no more carpenter jokes. All right. When you fish this way with a dragnet... You would have a net with weights on one side, and you would have floats on the other, and you pull it through the water. You have two boats, in between them, a net, and they pull it through, and they catch the fish. The other option is that you actually just anchor it to the shore, and then you have one boat that just goes in a semicircle, and you catch the fish in it. And then you would just pull it out and separate them. And like we've been pointing out, it is really weird to take the fish and throw them into the fire. Normally, you'd either throw them back like we talked about before, or you might even use them for fertilizer. It's just a lot of work to go and have them thrown into the fire and the angels. Yeah. And so we see a lot of parallels. Like again, maybe Jesus was just running out of material and he's just like, ah, fish. He's just <laughs> throwing it against the wall just to see what sticks to these people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you obviously didn't understand the difference between the wheat and the weeds. Yeah. So I'm just going to say something really crazy. We tried fields. We we're trying fishermen. Like I'm gonna hit what other what other things you got? Hey, Roman soldiers, what do y'all got? Like uh, you got a spear that's bent? Throw the motherfucker in the fire, of course. You got one that's straight. Keep that and just keep on stabbing Jews with it. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we, we see a very similar parallel to what we talked about last episode with the wheat and the weeds. It matches a lot of these ideas of you're going to have something that's good and you have something bad. And it's only after it's harvested or completed that you actually throw away the bad. But it's going to be mixed in all together for most of the time. So the kingdom of heaven is going to have this mix. Now, we've brought this up a little bit, but we haven't talked too much about it. One of the issues is when he talks about this group, this kingdom of heaven, is he talking about the Jewish people? That is, you're going to have some people that follow the kingdom of heaven. Um, those who are Jewish people that have been expecting the kingdom of heaven. And once Jesus shows up and they hear him, they're like, yes, that's exactly what we thought. That's exactly what we were looking for. This is all of our expectations. And then you're going to have people that are not going to get on the Jesus program of what the Jewish Israeli kingdom of heaven should look like. And once again, just to reiterate this idea of the kingdom of heaven, if you think to yourself, whatever country you're from, this is exactly how my country should run like whatever that ideal is uh in america we have the american way in china they have the chinese way or the like chinese dream of i'm gonna own property and i'm gonna have i was gonna say one kid but now i think they can have more (laughs) 2.2 kids you know whatever it is that your ideal (laughs) what part of the kid are we gonna keep for this point two one so many choices (laughs) So now we understand this idea that, that Jesus could be talking to specifically the Jewish people and saying that there are going to be some people in the Jewish community that understand this and some people that aren't, or he could be speaking to this concept of the church, which is going to be a mixture of Jewish and Gentile people, and that within this church community, there are going to be people that follow the program and people that aren't, but those will be sorted out at the end times. 
and not done immediately in the mixture of it all. Yeah, we don't talk about the end times. First rule of the end times, don't talk about the end times. But if you want to buy and sell things in the end times, check out our cryptocurrency. Yes, spearandbible.com. Yes. All right, let's go <laughs> ahead and read 51 through 52. You know we got to like set our webpage up like one of those old like early Windows 94 websites. Like, like Angel Fire or Geocities? Yeah, you go to it, but it's like these weird, shitty-looking flames that are flickering, and there's a skull that comes to like, oh, 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 welcome to the apocalypse. And it's like this little unicorn pops out of its mouth and says, like, just kidding, buy our crypto, like in a really soft voice. <laughs> I'm going to find one that looks like the Branch Davidians website. <laughs> Apparently cults are really easy to start. I, anyway, I need a I need a hobby. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. Throw them into the, of course, throw them into the fiery furnace. Not just furnace, just the fiery furnace. I mean, get them flames up. Okay, so fifty-one. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, "Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house." who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. I like how this sort of wraps up that idea of it all. You know, kind of like we've been talking about treasures, and so now it is you are going to want to find this teaching. When he talks about the teachers of the law, he's specifically talking about scribes, and we've talked earlier that there are your rabbis. Those are the ones who are teaching and expounding and giving these rulings and these teachings on it. And then you also have your scribes. A lot of times they're paired together, and we've joked about the idea, or we didn't even start this joke. It's straight out of traditional Judaism. Woe to the rabbi who is an honest scribe, because the scribes are the ones that are hyper-familiar with the Jewish text, and specifically of the Bible, Not, and they know a lot more of the interpretations, but they're kind of like the person Rolodex of like, what does Leviticus 7.42 say? And like, it means this, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, Wow, thank you for knowing that. And they might know a lot of the multiple interpretations, but they're not necessarily the ones who are religious leaders. They're just the Torah nerds. Yeah. The uh, the, the Tanakh nerds. Anyways, the the point is that... They're not going to explain how to burn things. Right. Throw right. everything in the fire. Right. So you are... His encouragement is to, I, I would say is understand the Jewish text as well as then understand the teachings, specifically the teachings of the kingdom of heaven and what teachings does Jesus think is the kingdom of heaven? His teachings. <laughs> he obviously thinks it's him. Like he, he I don't know how humble he is. I'm not, I mean, it's a little strange because he's sort of humble, but at the same time, he also thinks that he's the son of God walking on earth. So. Well, he's also been going around healing people and all that shit and making blind people see and making demons fuck off and all that. Like, So he's been throwing throwing a little, throwing some weight around a little bit. So, you know, he's got all these people following him. Yeah, I just imagine. Yeah. So backtracking a little bit and I'll leave it alone. God, I'll leave it alone. But the fire... Like I could just imagine Matthew sitting there, old Matt, old Matty boy, sitting there, and he's he's transcribing, or maybe he's just dozing off. He's just sitting there writing. And he's like, "Oh, here we go. Here's another parable." I'm like, yeah, okay. What are we doing this time? Oh, farmers. Okay. Oh, nice, nice farmers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wheat. Ch- 
Okay, okay. And uh, what happens? Right, right. Fire. Oh, there it is. There it is. Always sealing it with fire. Here we go, Jesus. Is it fish? Okay, fish. Fisherman, fish. All right, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Oh, fiery fire. There it is. There it is. Burn those motherfuckers. Yep, yep. He's just sitting there writing away just the whole time, just like waiting for the fire. Yep. What do we do with What do we do with everything? It raises him. We burn him, Jesus. We burn him. <laughs> He's like, Dad, damn right, we burn him. I love. We haven't gotten this far. <laughs> we we haven't gotten this far yet. But it, later on, James and John are walking through a town, and they turn to Jesus, and they're like, "Should we call down fire from heaven to burn <laughs> these people up?" <laughs> Shut the fuck. So I love the He's idea. Like, That's that- a great fucking idea, but no, no, not right now. Not, mm, I mean, it would be no, 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 not right now. I'm gonna fight it. No, we're not doing that right now. No, no, no. Does he turn to them and be like, where did you get that idea? Just, you've been saying it this entire time. He's winking at him the whole time. Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> I like I like where your heart is, guys, but uh, no, we're all, we're all about execution right now. We got to make this look good. Like just how we're, we got to carry ourselves right. Uh, Ex- not right. execution, like fire with execution, but execution. Like we got to, we got to do what we're here to do. Which is burn people. What if no, 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 no fire, no fire. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's going to be it for the night. Thank you guys for joining us on another adventure of looking at the parables. I believe we've wrapped up and ended with Jesus encouraging people to be familiar with the text and be familiar with these teachings and that this is sort of the treasure that he's trying to get through. So it's kind of nice. He gives these weird parables and then I'm really glad Matthew came through and had Jesus explain it to the rest of us. Uh, it is. Right now, I'm joking about the fire and the, the brimstone and all that stuff, but really, it is. It, God's or Jesus is here telling people, like, "Hey, this is what's going on." Like, I don't know what you've heard, or like, or I know what you've heard, but this is the way you need to carry it out. Like, follow this. Like, do this. Good things are gonna happen. Like, it's not like try really hard so you don't die or go to hell. Like, do these things. He's really trying to like spell it and be like, it's easy. Like you just got to do these things. It's simple, and you know, he, yeah, to I th- get into my kingdom. Hold on, do you mind reading? I don't have my Bible for me. Can you read fifty-one, fifty-two again for me? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's recap. Let's Tarantino this shit. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings into his storeroom new treasures as well. He's like, so now you you are teachers. Like, you know now. If you understand this, you can take this, and this is what you can hold as your treasure. And, like, I feel like give it to other people. You might not be saying that, but. Yeah, and and when he's taking this the Torah, the thing that they've lived their entire lives for, and he's going, yeah. like, I'm going to explain it better. What I'm telling you is so valuable. It is like somebody bringing in gold and bringing in treasures into their lives there you and go. making things better. There are two interpretations of this. One is, and this is a more standard, uh, I would say a more recent Christian understanding of it, is that you are going to take out the old. That is, you're going to take in these new Jewish teachings and move out the old teachings because we're talking about these scribes are the ones that would have written the Torah and written the Tanakh. This is the Jewish text over and over again. So now you're bringing in this new teaching and you could see it as more of a replacement or you could see it as, okay, you have your Torah, you have your basis of understanding, and now you're bringing in the teaching that is now 
on top of that or uh, illuminates it maybe or helps explain it better and how it's supposed to be done. And that is a, the newer treasure. Mm. Yeah, so that makes sense. He, he's he is trying to add another layer or he is trying to replace what they've heard before. Either way, this is highlighting the importance of what he, I guess Jesus believes is the importance is and what he's teaching and what he's sharing with his disciples. Yeah. But anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun for us at least. <laughs> and Definitely me. Yeah, don't forget, you know, Get our cryptocurrency. Invest in so crypto. Can... Um, beer Bible crypto. <laughs> dot um, hell. Dot fiery furnace. Dot com. And, He's like uh, a fisherman who <laughs> threw his fish into the fire and went out and sold every fiery fish he had, so that he could buy cryptocurrency. Ah oh, man, for I don't the know. Times. I, I've been eating this scorpion pepper hot sauce or something like that, and it tears me up. And every time it hurts, but I keep going back for more. I think that's like the the uh, epitome. Of sin, right there. There is some weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> there is definitely, but it doesn't happen till the morning. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we love you guys. Um, at Beer and Bible Show, check us out. Talk some shit. Tell us what's up. Um, or if you have any comments, questions, uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>